Give him a big hand. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Did I miss something? No, you did. <laughs> oh, it's Wellington. Thank you, sir. Wellington. For not, for not messing up my name this week. Wellington. Wellington. Like beef Wellington. Say what? Chicken beef fried. Hey, family, I appreciate y'all having me tonight. Um, man, it's, I'm, I'm so excited to be here. Um, but before I get into uh, my spiel, I want to take this time to honor our pastor and our first lady. Um, man, they're, they're, they're such amazing people. Um, and they have an amazing, amazing congregation. And that's you guys. So please, can y'all show some love for the yeah. pastor and the first lady, please? Thank you. Um, when we great job, Rusty, on that. That was that was amazing, sir. That was my first time seeing you speak on stage. I know, man. Apostle Rusty, excuse me. AR. That's your that's AR. Yes, that's your thank you. You just blessed me. Thank you. I, I don't think you're doing it the right way, but that's all right. You need to, you need to YouTube it or something, sir. Um, hey, listen, I am in Tyler, Texas, and it's been amazing. This is my fourth week. Uh, man, so much has happened in these four weeks, man. I'm just excited to be here, and I love each and every one of you. Um, I'm definitely trying to connect with all of you, and hopefully I'll be able to do that at some point because after a while, we're going to be so big, we might not have, we really have to wear, like, T-shirts with our names on it to really know each other, man. So a lot of people think I'm here. Well, let me, let me back up a little bit. I, I, I wasn't always saved. You need, okay, you, okay. I wasn't always saved. And I'm going to be honest with you. I had a club flashback. When I had that little um, shot glass pastor gave me earlier. Can I get another one, brother? No. I thought it was water. Then it was like some type of apple juice or cider. I don't know what that was, but that was pretty amazing. Is it apple juice? No, it's white grape juice. White grape juice. Why got to be white grape juice? I'm joking. <laughs> she said they don't make black. Actually, they do. <laughs> Let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. Um... <laughs> But a lot of people think I'm up here by myself, so I want to take this time. They, they say that it's um, a fact that when people, when, when a speaker shows his family that people can relate to him, they really, really take home what he's saying. So I want to take this time to show you guys my family. Um, yeah, that's, that's me in the middle right there, and um, that's, that's my baby girl. I love her so much. She has my smile. You know, they say when you date somebody long enough, they start to look like you. So that's my wife up in the top, top left corner right there. Love her dearly. <laughs> I got you now, so you ready for the word? All right, cool. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So listen, man, I'm silly. I don't want y'all to take me uh, too serious up here, but I do want y'all to take God's word serious. Okay? Um, I'm, I'm going to tell y'all something that a lot of people don't know. I was bullied as a child. I was bullied. <laughs> y'all say, oh, okay, thank you. No, that's later in life, sir. That's, that's later in life. I was bullied as, as a child, and, and the name of my childhood bully uh, was Wesley. Uh, Wesley beat me up every day, every other day, um, going from fifth grade to sixth grade. Every other day that summer, he beat me up. And the only reason it was every other because I would either skip school or uh, go the long way, so I wouldn't have to face Wesley. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a brutal time for me. Uh, but I thank Wesley because he, he made me the man that I am today. Um, 
So my, fr- my best friend uh, told his father that I was being beat up every day by Wesley. And my dad's best friend was my best friend's father. So he told my dad. So my dad came to me and said, hey, man, listen, what's this I hear about you being bullied? All right? You're a Davis. Why, why are you being bullied? What's going on? I was like, yeah, dad, I'm being bullied by Wesley. He was like, well, are you fighting him back? I was like, no, I'm not. He was like, why? I was like, I'm scared. He's like, you scared? He's like, listen, I don't mind you being scared, but you need to fight him back. So tomorrow I need you to fight him back. I was like, dad, I'm, I'm scared, but I'm not going to be able to do that. He's like, son, I'll tell you what, if you don't fight him, I'm going to fight you. I'm going to fight Wesley tomorrow. See, I was scared of Wesley, but I was terrified of my father. You know, from a respect standpoint. You know, this was my father figure. This was the guy who brought me into this world. This is the guy that covers me every day. So I knew if, I, if he had my back, I would be all right, right? So next day I went to school. I saw Wesley. And again, Wesley started beating me up in front of everybody. I don't know how it got out, but back in elementary, people knew when it was about to be a fight. This is before the internet. This is before texting. I don't know how it got out, but they knew I was going to fight Wesley that day. So I walk outside after school, and it was a, I don't know why they formed that perfect circle, that fighting ring right in the middle. And I'm walking through the circle, and they're just parting as I'm walking. I felt like, like, like Moses or something. I'm just parting as I'm walking through it, and I'm terrified because I knew who was on the other side of that, that ring. And I went in there, man, and Wesley, he was bigger than me because he was three years older than I was. Yeah, same grade, though. You see why Wesley was angry, you know. So Wesley does what he always does. He rushed me, picked me up, slams me. Boom. Breath come out. I'm tired. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Here we go. But I hear my father saying, you have to fight Wesley. So I stand up, and Wesley rushes me again. But this time when he rushed me, I stepped to the side. Wesley ate all the gravel on the ground. Knees bloody, chin bloody, everything, right? Now I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) Wesley's human. Wesley's human. So he rushes me again, and he swings this way. But I went this way. So this is, takes longer than this, and I hit Wesley right in his nose. Boom. Wesley fell down, stood up, crying, bloody. Wesley said something that I'll never forget. He said, man, you broke my nose, and he started crying. But I knew that similar look that Wesley had in his face because that's the look that I had every day from Wesley. But I felt for Wesley because I've been there where Wesley was. So I'm here to ask you guys today, what's what's your Wesley? What intimidates you? What bullies you every day? What's your Wesley? I do know a Wesley that we all have in in common. That's the devil. He doesn't stop. He doesn't sleep. Every day he's at it, trying to break us down, trying to destroy us. That's his job. That's what he does best. But like Wesley, he does not have the power that we, I thought Wesley had. Yeah. See, we can fight the devil just like I fought Wesley. I couldn't have fought Wesley until I spoke to my father and he gave me that strength that I needed to fight him. I didn't know I was going to beat Wesley. But I, know, I knew that I had my father in me. All right? So the title of today is Fighting for the Next Generation. So our next generation, we're, they're, they're going through some major things right now, family. And the, the, man, the devil is, is running amok right now. He's, he's definitely keeping them 
distracted. Distraction can keep you from your path. With cell phones and social media and, and peer pressure and everything else, you know, uh, 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 politics, everything else that's going on is a distraction that the devil uses to keep you from being the person you need to be. So he uses distracting methods to keep them from knowing God, from finding freedom, from knowing their purpose, and from making a life-giving difference. That's what he does. And he's good at it. He's good at it. But that's why we have to pray for our kids, and that's why we have to teach them what they need to know so they can pass it on to the next generation. Because if they don't get what they need to know to pass on to the next generation, the devil's going to win. The devil's going to win. Amen? And the Bible says Genesis, in Genesis 4-7, if you had done the right thing, you would be smiling. But because you have done evil, sin is crouching at your door. Think about that now. Like Every time we step out the door, sin is like right there in our face waiting. It is our job, and it says it right here. But you must overcome it. We can overcome sin. We can beat the devil. He's not as powerful as people make him to be. I, I can't stand when people say, man, the devil made me do it. The devil didn't make you do nothing. You have a choice. You have a choice. So we have to pray and help our next generation. So. Kids nowadays, man, it's, it's a little different from when I was growing up. I'm, I'm a little older than, than a lot of y'all in there, Rusty. Uh, <laughs> when I was younger, like, you literally had to kind of go looking for sin, to be honest with you. But nowadays, because of things like this right here, the kids have sin right at their fingertips. It's in our homes because of this right here. This is a gift and a curse, depending on how you use it. Now it's like you can order sin. Like dominoes or something. Yeah, brother, let me get a, a large sin and a side of uh-oh. You know, you can just really <laughs> order sin like his, for, seriously. And as parents, y'all wouldn't even know it. Y'all wouldn't even know it. I talked to a lot of youth, man, and they're going through a lot of things because of this right here. Bullying, like cyber bullying. Hold on, Wesley's online now? It's a joke, but I'm serious. Cyber bullying. It's a real thing, man. So... We need to give our kids um, what they need to be successful in the world that they're in right now, all right? Other than praying for them and covering them, yes, we need to do that, but it's some things that they need in order to survive this thing, in order to battle the devil, in order to fight. <clears throat> Let me give you those four things, but before I do that, Nehemiah uh, 4.14 says, don't be afraid of them. Now, who is them? The devil and his crew. We don't have to be afraid of them. We got the most powerful father ever. Even the devil fears him. Amen? So remember that the Lord, who is great and awesome, yes, he is, and this is my favorite part, and fight for your families. Fight for your families. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughter. Fight for your wives. That's, that's one, though. Just one wife. I don't want y'all to take that the wrong way. That's... That is not plural right there. <laughs> and fight for your homes. Fight for our kids. Fight for our students. Fight for our next generation. They need it. So, Pastor, how do you fight? How do you fight for the next generation? I give you four principles on how to fight for the next generation. They have to have these, folks. They have to have these. Number one, 
our next generation must have the right relationships. Our next generation must have the right relationships. Um, our lives are shaped by the relationships that we're in. Your, your, your life is the sum total of the five or six people that you hang around. Right? So if you hang around crazy people, guess what? You, 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 you're going to be crazy. It's an easy math equation, right? And that's not me talking. I'll I give you Bible. Proverbs 13, 20 says, keep company with the wise and you will become wise. I hang with pastor because I want to be wise, right? But this is the part that really got me. If you make friends with stupid people, yeah, and you got to say it like that. If you make friends with stupid people, you will be ruined. Not stupid, you'll be ruined. So you got to watch who you are connected to. And that's why we have small groups at churches. That's why we have small groups at churches, man. Or at this church. We are a church of small groups for a reason. Sunday is just not good enough, man. Sunday comes every Sunday, but you have six other days you're dealing with the world. And you want to stay connected to positive people that, that pour into you, that that, that speak life into you, not, not death. Amen? Amen. So, we're, um, we're starting city groups officially in February, but in two weeks we're going to start unofficially. And city groups in motion night, city groups is uh, a small group for, for our next generation. Just come together and just be positive, uh, get loved on, get poured into so they can go school the next day and, and, and replicate that to their friends. That is the dream, okay? So we definitely need your support on that. That's a, that's a shameless plug, but that's what we need, all right? So even like with my story, so I'm passionate about the next generation because of my story. When I was younger, I, was, I grew up in the church, elementary, junior high. I was in the church, right? And I was covered because I was around people who poured into me, who covered me, who prayed for me, things of that nature. Then I got to high school, and I wanted to be cool, Right, I wanted to be in with the in crowd, with the cool crowd, not even understanding that the cool crowd was the lost crowd. So I was found, and then I got to high school and I started hanging around with lost people. Again, you are the sum total of the five or six people you hang around. So if I'm hanging around lost people, guess what? I got lost. I got lost. I was in the wilderness, in the darkness for 20 plus years. I just got back five years ago. Five years ago. But when I got back, Jesus was standing just like this. I've been waiting on you. I've been here all the time. I've been waiting on you, son. And God blessed me because while I was out in the wilderness, I didn't get murdered. I didn't get killed or anything like that. I'm able to stand in front of you guys today and tell you all my story. But how many people, how many kids do we know that can't do that? So if we can prevent them from making the mistakes that I made, making the mistakes that you made, that's what we need to do. We need to cover them. We need to cover them. Amen? Amen. Um, Psalms 19, I'm sorry, Psalms 92, 12 through 15 says, the righteous will flourish like palm trees. They will grow like the cedars of Lebanon. They are like trees planted in the house of the Lord that flourish in the temple of God. This this is my favorite part here. It says, that still bear fruit in old age. Yeah. 
Russ. <laughs> you still bearing fruit, brother. Give me an apple out your pocket, man. Give me a... He getting on the cell phone. Is that, is that a flip phone, sir? <laughs> so we have to cover our next generation, family. Okay? <laughs> so point number two. Let's move on. Point number two. Point number two. You have to teach our next generation, um, teach them to, um, about their God-given design. About their God-given design. Um, everyone is living a design right now, right? But most of us are living the design that we created. Yeah, most of us are living the design that we created, and it's based on our beliefs in ourselves. And unfortunately, most of us don't have a good belief in ourselves because we're basing that, we're shaping that idea off of our past hurts our past relationships, our past mistakes, just all the negative stuff that's been going on throughout our lives. And that's how we live our life now. But see, God, you, you, God have a script for us, but we're reading the wrong script. Right? So it's like, it's like let, me, let me give it to you in layman's terms. So it's like you go to, um, you go look at a play, right? And the play we're living right now is called Life. But let's say you go to New York City and you go to um, Broadway, is it Broadway? Broadway, and you're watching a play, let's say Macbeth. That's a big time play. If people pay $200 to hold on, and the people come out there, the actors come out there, and they're reading the right script from Macbeth, and they come out there speaking old English, to be or not to be? That is the question, right? But you are reading the wrong script. You have your script from Lion King. <laughs> So they speak in old English, to be or not to be. And you're talking about Akuna Matata. <laughs> People going to look at you like you're crazy. Like, what are you reading? You're reading the wrong script. And that's how we're living our lives. A lot of us are living our lives right now. We're reading the wrong script. God has a script for us. And I promise you, his script is more amazing than the script we're writing for ourselves. And that's not just me talking. I'm going to give you a Bible. Acts 17, 26 through 27 says, uh, from one human being, he created all races of people and made them live, th live throughout the whole earth. He himself fixed be beforehand the exact times and the limits of places where they would live. He did this so that they would look for him and perhaps find him as they felt around for him. Yet God is actually not far from any one of us. He's not far from any one of us. So if we, even if we do, even when I was living my life and I, was, I stepped out of my path, he still was right there with me. Amen. All I had to do was turn around. He never really let me go too far off, off, off course. He never really let me go too far off course. All right. So if you want to live a life that makes sense, you have to get closer to God. That's just the bottom line as adults and as our next generation. All right. Point number three. This one might burn a lot of y'all. I'm just being honest. Um, you have to put others first. I know that's hard because we're born selfish. If you get two babies together and one baby has a toy and the other baby wants to play with that toy, what does that other baby say? 
Give me my toy. Mine. So we're born selfish. We have to choose to be like Jesus. We have to choose to be like Jesus. And right now we're living in a selfie generation. You know, everybody, everybody taking selfies and, you know, I don't know what the duck lip thing. I, don't, I can't stand that duck lip. You know that. I saw one of Rusty posts. He was just, <laughs> Rusty, stop it, man. <laughs> Rusty's like, I'm not sitting up front no more, <laughs> <laughs> Don't go across the street on us, man. Don't go across the street on them. But we're living in a selfish generation, and, and that's a dangerous generation. That's a dangerous um, way of thinking because when you're obsessed with self, then you feel entitled. And entitled is feeling like you should get paid for just being you. Right? That's like, that's like getting hired on the job on Monday. You don't show up Monday or the rest of the week, but Friday come, you're like, where's my check? Dude, I'm like, you ain't work. I said, but yeah, but I'm me, though. I'm me. Where's my check? And that's really what it is. And some of you know a lot of uh, our next generation that thinks like that. Right? It's all about them. So they have to live for others. Philippians uh, 2 through 4 says, I'm sorry, Philippians 2, 3 and 4 says, instead of being motivated by selfish ambition or vanity, each of you should in, uh, each of you should in humanity be moved to uh, treat one another as more important than yourself. That's, that's, that's the Bible talking. That's not me talking. They're telling us, they're giving us the script on how to live more like Jesus. Uh, each of you should be in, uh, each of you should be concerned not only uh, about your own interests but about the interests of others as well. <clears throat> so it's a scientific fact that when you do something for somebody else, man, it makes you feel good. I mean, you, you, your body literally releases endorphins that makes you feel good for doing something for somebody else. All right. So even Einstein says it best. He says, "Only a life filled." For other, I'm sorry, only a life lived for others is a life worth living. That's not Bible, that's Einstein. <laughs> but we consider him a genius. We consider him a genius, and that's, that's a genius statement. And I, I want to follow up this last one. Um, number four, principle number four, authentic faith. Authentic faith. I know, I know that's what you guys are saying. Like, if you're having authentic faith, that means you... It's, it's non-authentic faith out there. And it is. I lived it. I told you when I was younger, I was in the church. I went to church every Sunday, read the Bible, sang in the choir. I walked the walk. But I didn't have a relationship with Christ. I, I did all the religious stuff, but I didn't have a relationship with Christ. So my faith was non-authentic. Because if you don't know the source, what's the point of you doing it? Get to know that source. Get to know God. Get to have an authentic relationship with, with God. And I promise you, it'll change your life. It, would ch it changed mine. Because when I came back five years ago, I've been on fire for Christ. I've been on fire for him. Missed out on some stuff that I, I, I kind of still wanted to go do, but my relationship with him made me choose him over that like being hungry but you know you can't eat McDonald's or all the other stuff we want to eat because it's not good for you 
So it's the same way, man. I chose God. I chose God because I knew that's where I should have been a long time ago. I could have avoided all type of craziness, man, if I would have just walked the walk that I was supposed to walk. I'm not, listen, I don't have regrets because it made me the man I am today. But let's help our youth. Let's fight for them. And let's get them on track. Make sense? So, in closing, I want to say this, that Christianity is relationship. It's not religion. It's relationship. It's not religion. If I just walk up to a teenager and say, hey, man, listen, I need you to act right, do right, and be right. He's going to look at me like, dude, who are you? But if I build that relationship with him, that connection, he begins to trust me. He begins to believe in me. He begins to understand that, hey, this dude actually truly loves me. And then I could go to him and say, hey, man, you need to act right, walk right, and do right. And guess what? More than likely he will or she will because it's a relationship. I love this music. I'm sorry, my bad. But let, let me close with this. Let me close with this. Um, let's let's fight. Let's fight for our next generation, family. I could get up here and joke all day, but this is a very, very serious situation that we're in right now. And we want to fight for our next generation. We want them to have opportunity to fight for their next generation. I, my dad used to say, I want to be that grandfather or that great-grandfather that's over my uh, great-great-grandkids' mantle. That means something. That means something. So let's have an impact on our future. Amen? All right, let's close in prayer.